0: Hello everyone, it's Matt Burton. Just wanted to say thank you all for listening. And if you haven't yet, go follow our Facebook and Twitter at Keyhole Pod on Twitter and Facebook.com slash keyholepod. Next, I just wanted to remind patrons about the fun event that we have planned coming up. And you can find more details about that at patreon.com/slash through the keyhole. We've reached 225 patrons and growing, and we seriously can't thank you enough. You guys are awesome. And speaking of the Patreon. It's time to shout out some of our new patrons. We have Sooner Doc one Hayden Salee, Matthew Parham, or Parham, sorry if I got that wrong. Ryan Taliaferro, Josh Myers, Sean Phillips, Joe Bettner, Hayden Bergman, Trevor Hughes, Luke Hartman, and Brian Jeffrey. All right, cut the music hard. I want you to cut it hard. All right, just to save some time, because I know you guys just want to hear Brady and Keegan, I will get to everyone next time. Everyone that I didn't name, now I will get to next time. Don't worry, you will get your Chicago Bulls intro if it takes me all damn year. So now, here's Brady and Keegan on Through the Keyhole. People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma
1: intended.
2: He has never gone 4-0 and never uh, cratered soon after. It has never happened that way. So, I hope everybody understands that there's nothing to see here. We're close. Oh my god, we're so close. <gasps> oh, we're so close. <laughs> oh no. <gasps> What's up everybody? Welcome to Through the Keyholes Tuesday Pod. Woo woo! Brady, try right to here. What's up? Keegan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's a good Tuesday. I'm close to having a good day. Yeah, you're close. But we're, I'm not. We're so close. Close but, is the distance. Close is the distance. Keegan Renault, fresh off of his all 22 extravaganza. Like, have have you cleaned yourself up now that you've? I'm seen not gonna lie. Bird's eye view <laughs> and the ass end view. <laughs> Check out the ass on that guy. <laughs> it works I, out. I definitely had a moment
1: when that popped up in my DMs. I had a moment where I was like, okay. Now I can really do my job and feel confident about doing my job, because as as you know, I came in here and was basically like I was wrong about the Nebraska game, and now I know a little bit more about the West Virginia game, and oh so boy. it's uh definitely Brady. It was a it's a great moment. Yeah, they won't be able to lie to us anymore.
2: No, there will be no lying. Again, that is Keegan Renault, and then our lovely producer Matt Burton. Matt, you can say something.
0: Hello, hello. I was I'm also close. Yeah, how close how are you? What are you close I'm so to close? Well,
2: we're so, we're so close everybody. You Don't know. worry. Again, OU has never started a season 4-0 and, and had a disaster the rest of the year. That's never happened in this program's history. steamed program's history. Mm. Right? We
0: were talking I've, before this like right before we pressed record, I, everything's
2: fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Nothing to see Nothing here. Nothing to see here. Everything's oh. fine. They're they're 4-0. So yeah. everything's good. Yeah, and Lincoln Riley has the team watch the Tennessee game from 2015 and the army game from 2018 and it's not like there's any context to that it's just bad offense equals everything will be fine the rest of the way I mean I hope so Keegan I, I truly hope so I truly hope that my sarcasm is going to seem so quaint and so silly and Brady you don't know what the hell you're talking about you're so Prisoner of the moment. I'm sorry OU didn't entertain you in those first four games that (laughs) we all thought they'd score 40, 50 (laughs) points a game. I'm sorry that didn't happen. Uh, But, man, how wrong were you? I I really hope that happens. But I I, I have nothing to base that off of other than um, I hope so. I think the the biggest thing, and I
1: said this a second ago, Rattler didn't grow up in the Nebraska game, and Riley opened things up later in the game, as we know now. Well, he grew uh, up today. He
2: it's his birthday. He did. Happy I mean, birthday, yeah, Spencer. He's, he's twenty he's twenty one now. I didn't realize that he hadn't turned twenty one yet. No, no, no. You can't yeah, you can get into bars. No comment. No I mean the comment is there. You guys were, <laughs> you
0: guys were booing a kid who couldn't even drink, drink. legally yet. Wow. Shame. The, Shame on all of who, you. Who
2: booed on this podcast? I hissed. <laughs> I certainly hissed and thought this is not good. Hiss.
1: I was saying, I I think the West Virginia game, he took, and I I will stand by this, I've shown it, I, I think that this is from a, what I'm looking forward to the rest of his time at Oklahoma, like we now have a game where I can confidently say that him, and you heard me say this about Jalen Hurts a ton, Brady, it never seemed like Jalen and Lincoln ever were on the same page about what each other were seeing on the field, and I think that's what led to a lot of frustration that season. And why basically Lincoln said you're not throwing the football downfield. We're just going to run option the entire game um, and counter and QB power and this and that. But Saturday they were together. Like they were actually in sync. And I, I there was a clip during the broadcast view uh, the broadcast of the game where you see them working on the sideline and like Rattler's doing the little hand motion and like Lincoln's like nodding. And then I think he lips like he's got to come back to the football. Like, yes, your guys got to come back to the football. And, Like, that was a moment for me where I'm like, okay, those two are on the same page. They're seeing the same things. They're working together. But holy shit, the rest of the team around him on that game. It's like the team took a step forward against Nebraska, and Rattler stayed the same. That's not good. But in the West Virginia game, he takes a step forward, and oh my god, the rest of the offense takes two steps back. So,
2: Outside of... I mean, I know they made mistakes. Mike Woods had a good game. Mike Woods, welcome. Good lord. OU doesn't win without Mike Woods' catches and runs. No, he's – again, you said
1: we would know when he's bought in. I didn't mention in her highlight, but you can see it in the All-22 I posted from the West Virginia game. He was blocking dudes, which is part of the thing I mentioned to you before coming in. He is bought in, like, and that was going to be a major key for him and big performance on Saturday. He looks like an NFL guy, and I can just tell, again, people in that – in those realms, in those circles, were wondering what they were going to get out of Mike Woods this year.
2: Poor Mike. He transferred from Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe I said that. Th- who, uh... <laughs> they're the Southwest Conference champions now. They beat Texas and A&M. They're not close, though. I wanted to get that the, the, out there. Arkansas is not close. Arkansas is close. Arkansas is already there. Oklahoma's offense has no confidence to say they're close. OU's close, close, like, just like, you know, whenever you're – you're going out to meet some friends, and you're you don't really want to go. You're mm-hmm. just tired, but you've already made up your mind. I'll go, and you've ar- and you've told them I- I've left already, or I'm close. You haven't actually left yet, right? Has OU left? They are they on their way? Any more metaphors? No, I
1: again, I I can't sit here and confidently say that because of how bad the offensive line was against. He's not wrong, as everybody that listens to this podcast. <laughs> Their defensive line is freaking good, and that won't be the best defensive line they play the rest of the year.
2: Can we call it the defensive line featuring Perry on Winfrey? Oh, oh, I, I, I think I was that's what it should be called. West, I
1: was talking about West Virginia's defensive oh, line. Oh, well
2: yeah, that that one was good. I real quick on that. I hope we don't get into this little trap of every week we're just that. That was a really good linebacker. That, I don't know if he's going to see another linebacking core like that because we said. Not that, oh, he was going to see anything like that against Tulane like afterwards. Right, yeah. But their RPO ability, I think I remember either you or Chisholm saying, I don't see anybody else on this schedule that can run the RPO to that effect. Yeah,
1: I didn't say that because we both looked at each other and goes, oh, my God, the Texas game.
2: Yeah. Well, knowing who the quarterback was at the time. But uh, Nebraska, it was, I don't know if we're ever going to see a better quarterback than that than uh, Adrian Martinez in terms of just how much experience that kid has because he's now in year seven of his Nebraska reign, his reign of terror in Lincoln, Nebraska. And now we're – I don't know if we're ever going to see another uh, defensive line like that. Yeah. I don't know if they'll see a defensive tackle in
1: the league like Akeem Esador. I know that for a fact. Now, Iowa State and TCU have a much better edge rusher. This week would have been a great opportunity for the tackles that – Absolutely taken advantage of on, on Saturday. Tyrus Robinson had some good moments, but too much bad that overcame the good. And that's for all the offensive line. So I would stay with McDonald, TCU with Coleman. Uh, he's back this week for Texas. Funny how that works, right? No one knows when he's going to be back. No one knows. And then, oh, the biggest game of the season up to this point, Coleman's back. So those guys have better edge rushers. The Mesador kid's going to be a top 100 pick at some point. Like he's only a sophomore. Or he's a third-year guy right now. I mean, he's he's going to be a load to deal with for everybody. So, outside of that, I Kansas State no Khalid Duke this week. Brady, uh, their defensive line's like okay, like oh, this this is what this is this is the scale you're working off of here, Brady. This is you're going to love this. Oklahoma State's offensive line moved Kansas State last week.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's, there's
1: your there's your level there that Oklahoma is going to be working against in my head.
2: Yeah, but I think any opponent that plays OU until OU either if, if their destiny is to at, at some point get to the destination Lincoln Riley keeps claiming that they're close to, if they're able to get there, cool. But until that time happens, I think every team that plays OU is just like, Oh, there's our bitch. We got them this time. <laughs> Not that Kansas State's had any trouble in the last two years. They beaten OU two years in a row and you know, they had a OU had a very bad first half that ended with a Very unfortunate Charleston Rambo chest bounce into the hands of a KSU defender that was returned for a touchdown. And (laughs) blocked punt last year. (laughs) And OU still had a chance to tie or win the game last or that year. And then last year it took a complete and utter meltdown in all phases of the game. Uh the likes of which just that just doesn't even happen even to bad teams consistently. Like a block punt. Uh, fumble by your running back like right on the 20-25 yard line after a a score, Um, a big play uh, right prior to that. It's just everything fucked up in all phases of the game for OU, and bad teams don't even go through that consistently. So, um, And even with that, OU still had a chance. So everything is pointing to, okay, OU, the motivation and the effort, it should be there. This is your first real road game in over a year there were no real road games last year in terms of hostile environments um, it's going to be a packed house in manhattan so a lot of these players haven't even like Spencer Rattler we have no idea what he's going to look like we have no idea what Perry on Winfrey's going to play like when people are 55,000 people were screaming against him uh, because we know how this team reacts when 100 kids start chanting for the backup quarterback so i i only hope that they don't you know fold like a lawn chair i ho- i mean Hold, get your Instagram handles ready, kids, because the OU football team's coming for you <laughs> on the social media to the, let you know that they mean business.
1: That they Again, I said this to you. The worst thing that they could have done is kept this going. Like, this was a perfect day today to basically kind of open up a little bit, which
2: I think Leak and Riley, as I've alluded to, has, like, Lincoln was has been perfect on the question. He's answered it after the game today, and he was it was exactly how you should answer that question.
1: Yeah, I just don't I don't think that the whole continuing to kind of draw this line between you and the fans and what they think and what they see like that leave that to us. Like leave that to people like me and Eddie out there in the streets right now, and all these other people like. That's not a battle that they... They should be trying to galvanize everybody. Like, they're in that role. If there isn't a role of people that can get this fan base to... Not saying understand. That's not what I'm saying. But to get them behind them. Telling them that they don't know what they're talking about is a problem. Because it's by nature. We're all humans. Like, whenever you see something and you disagree with it. And you're at the game and you see the product. And it's not working. And things aren't going well. And the person that's running it is like, you guys just don't know what you're talking about. Like That's going to get and continue this conversation. And as I said today, Brady, I appreciate the confidence. I do. I respect it. I I honestly kind of admire the fact that they want to keep it going. But if they don't play well in Kansas State this week up in Manhattan against a defense that they should be able to run the football on, against a defense that they should be able to pass protect against, against a defense that – really defensively isn't that hard to attack if 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 they don't go and do that then they deserve everything that comes their way which i think is a point that you made in your monday post like you can't tell people and expect something and then when it goes wrong for them to basically be like oh you just don't know what you're talking about because again that's going to keep this conversation going like they're not doing a good job of crisis control here personally i don't think but I guess Lincoln can come back and say "I told you so" in six weeks and in whatever. And I guess that's what he wants. I I don't know. I yeah. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I just think along the same lines of my conversation about Sark and the quarterback conversation down there that continues every week now because of some of the, the actions that he's made. You know, like they've just done a good a bad job of crisis control, and they they you got to understand that. Like I I don't understand why
2: they're continuing to draw that line, you know, like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, this whole situation is twofold. Like again, I don't think any of the three of us give a damn about the chant itself, like what it represents. Like it was a few hundred or some odd students and it might've bled into some regular fans who were just like kind of brought on, brought on into like the moment because it was frustrating. It was a very frustrating sequence to watch. OU kind of go through that. And then we want Caleb. We want Caleb. I, I, I've already said it on the postgame show. At no point do I want Caleb Williams being the quarterback of this team, unless, of course, Spencer Rattler, God forbid, gets hurt or he starts to torpedo his game to the detriment of the team. In which case, you got to put the other guy out there, right? You know. So those are the only two examples where I, I want to see Caleb Williams play. I did not want him benched. Uh, I did not want Spencer Rattler benched against West Virginia at any point. Um, but the whole situation to me is twofold, and you know, for for those who can't read good and nothing wrong with i mean i'm not i'm not a great writer but i mentioned it in the in the post stop acting like that this just came out of nowhere that some group of people just decided i'm going to be mean to spencer rattler and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chant for his backup to come out and play. If OU had beaten the crap out of Tulane in Nebraska like they should have, like we all predicted that they would in, in one way or another, just a dominant performance like their talent suggests, and the West Virginia game still went the way that it did, you know, that early on he throws that pick, nobody would have chanted, we want Caleb. No. If Spencer Rattler hadn't thrown the fan base under the bus prior to the West Virginia game... Which it, I said he... Yeah, if that hadn't happened, perhaps the fan base, a portion of it, a tiny little portion of it, doesn't turn on him in his own stadium in a primetime game on ABC. Maybe that doesn't happen. So stop acting like that. People are just being mean for no reason. Oh, you—you haven't played up to any standard. Like I've had to say that a zillion times. They have not played to like snipped any of their standard this season, and it's not just mine. Like fuck my my idea of what this team should be because I'm my stand. I mean, your standard by standard, who cares about ours numbers. that we're talking about their standard, their Correct. standard that they I'm talked about at big 12 media day at OU uh, media day. Like, no, we're embracing national championship. We're embracing Heisman, everything. We're putting every player on this team on a, an awards watch list because we think we're that damn good. And we all kind of agreed. Like we have evidence to support it. And then they play like this. It's going to piss people off. It's going to make people feel concerned about the future uh, moving forward this season because this does not look like a good team. And I know you've been harping on the college football at large, and that's fine. I respect that. And that does. Uh, be- no,
1: I I mean, I've, I've agreed with like, uh, you go back to the post game on after the Nebraska game, right? When we're in here, I was with you like that. It, whatever's happening around college football does not matter. Yeah. It, but in here, because Ole Miss is living up to expectation Arkansas is over ex- going over expectations. And Holy even crap! Though,
2: even though Oregon looked kind of bad, like the, I saw that as just a hangover to beating Ohio State. They it's also
1: like, have uh, they have a pretty tough game this week, so I yeah. wouldn't
2: be shocked to like BYU is good. Like if BYU played OU, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not confident. Yeah, their offensive line is pretty good still. But you know, like it doesn't really matter what's going on as until OU either loses and plays themselves out of championship contention or if they figured out and flip that switch and get to the point where Lincoln rally claims that they're close to like, that's what that's what OU fans care about. The other part of this is kind of what you've been alluding to. And it's really concerning to me as a fan who really tries to split hairs when you're talking about different teams over the years, great teams, good teams, average teams, well, what made those teams great? And you can sit there and, really dumb it down and say, well, that team had Kyler Murray, or this team had Jason White, and that team had Baker Mayfield. Well, really what it comes down to, to me, is every team deals with adversity. I mean, it's really easy to kind of look back at 2003 and, you know, forgetting the big 12 title game, the national title game, but just looking at all those scores, the 77 to nothing, 65 to 13 against Texas, all this domination, that team did find itself in a hole a few times because that's going to happen when you play football Mm -hmm. in a 13, 14 game season, you're going to have a bad day. Your opponent's going to everything they do fucking clicks. It's just bound to happen. I mean, Oh, you went up to Boulder in 2003 and they needed a 80 yard Mark Clayton touchdown to escape, you know, that game. And that was a great offensive Oklahoma team. That was a great overall Oklahoma team until unfortunately the end of the year. So each team, each of those great teams needed guys to, overcome situations you know whether it was the quarterback whether it was this player that player they needed guys to step up when hey it hasn't gone according to plan this is an ugly game but we're better here's why let me show you OU has kind of treated their 4-0 start and for the most part outside of Lincoln Riley saying that they're close as hey like this is what the plan was is we're 4-0 and I know that they're probably very concerned behind the scenes yeah I I have no doubt that they're working hard to try to we know we should be more explosive we know we should be better but there is something to be said about taking ownership and I think the fan base would be more willing to kind of join them along this little odd journey of a 4-0 start if there was a Baker Mayfield post Ohio State kind of realization of I'm not I've not been good enough Mm-hmm. and that's on me, and that will not happen again. As corny as it is with the whole Tim Tebow thing after they lost to Ole Miss, and he's like, and you'll never see another player play as hard or lead his team, and guess what? They never lost a game after that. They beat OU in the national title game. Like All that stuff's corny, but it does matter when you're splitting hairs between great teams and just another run-of-the-mill team that had hype and then nothing ever came of it. And That doesn't mean that if they just did what I wanted them to say or said what I wanted them to say or did what I wanted them to do that. Oh, you would be fine. I'm not trying to argue that, but all I'm trying to say is if you are going to go out of your way to defend your quarterback on social media, because a few hundred students chanted for his backup quarterback, Maybe don't defend him on social media. Why don't you go defend him on the field? Why don't you pass block better? Why don't you run block better? Why don't don't you run the the fucking (laughs) routes? Why don't you fight for balls better? Why don't you fight for an extra yard defense? Why don't you stop getting gashed over the middle? on Winfrey, why don't you show up more than just three or four plays a quarter? Mm, That's the one, right? Key Lawrence, if you're going to come in here looking all badass from Tennessee, why are you getting lost in the end zone and thanking God that a West Virginia tight end dropped the ball? Imagine if that dude caught it. Oh, you loses. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it's as simple as that to me. It's just this team is showing very low abil like a very low ability to galvanize themselves out of an ugly situation because it's ugly off the field right now to an extent. You know, it's just bad PR. It's yeah. But what's gonna happen when they go into a hostile environment, whether it be this week or some point. Oh, they're gonna this get year, the business this weekend. Yeah, and stuff doesn't go like somebody runs the wrong route. Are we to expect that they'll be able to overcome that? Because I've not seen an, this OU team be able to do that other than just being fortunate enough because their opponent makes a few more mistakes than them or they just simply had the ball last. I, I wanted to say, I didn't realize there was a. I don't know if you
1: heard me say this yesterday. I'm just one kind of more comment on the game. I didn't realize West Virginia had a fumble backed up in their own, like... Oh, Latroma Cushing had the strip. Yeah, 15-16 yard ER line. great play. Yeah, if and I talk about variance and Birdie, you hear me say this all the time, but like fumbles, like in picking them up, like the luck of that is just so insanity and like obviously can flip games. So part of me is like, man, if they just recover that, like that game looks a little bit different. If Chris Murray blocks on that draw play, things look a little bit different. Uh, if <laughs> If this, if this, if this, and when you go through that, it makes sense why Lincoln Riley says they're close. But at the same time, whether I can sit here and say that, I can't confidently say that because the offensive line was – I mean, don't get me wrong. Those guys are good. They're not that much better from a talent perspective than OU's guys to sit here and be confident that that group whenever uh, – maybe not this week, but when you have Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat and Alfred Collins and those guys down at Texas, Moro Jomo, all those guys down there about equally not as good as what Messidor and Stills were, but they're pretty good. So I don't know how you can confidently say you're close until that figures itself out, and before Rattler makes back-to-back games to where he's figured it out, because he figured it out on Saturday. I'll give him, I'll give him some credit. I was wrong on the Nebraska game in terms of thinking he had it off. He kind of figured some things out, but the whole team's just gotta, and him included. They, I mean. In in the crisis control, like the galvanizing thing, like it shouldn't just be like Brain Willis. I think made a good point on his on their podcast at the very end. You know, like the Oklahoma. You know, I brought up like the Oklahoma against the World shirts and this and that. And it's like we're struggling, but we're doing our best to figure this out. And this is the mentality we have. You guys feel this way too, as a fan base. I mean. Love our friend Red Sport. I mean, he's just absolutely just destroying the Kansas State fan base right now. So, everybody feels that way. <laughs> Oklahoma versus <laughs> the world, right? So, so,
2: Matt, I think he told me about this. The, the
0: yeah, he uh, he posted a picture. Oh, this one's pretty good. Of the uh, the BTK killer <laughs> uh, in all of his Kansas State gear. And, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. A, a guy that I went murderer. to high school. Yes, Yes, a serial killer. Serial yes. murder. Um, he murdered serial. A guy that I went to high school with uh, commented <laughs> and was like, this is exactly like my dad except in OU gear.
2: Oh, boy. And uh.
0: then and then quickly amended it after everyone jumped on him and was like, okay, except for the serial killing part, uh, yeah. this is my dad. <laughs>
2: not like, not, not, we don't like homicide.
0: But right. that's what
1: I was always going to say. Is like, there's ways to handle this stuff. Lincoln's... Been excellent at PR for the most part, you know, and I can sit there and listen and know when he's like being really genuine and honest. But it's gotten to a point, man, where like just stop keeping the conversation going. Like, take like if before like saying that people don't know what they're talking about, just be take ownership first, which I think he did. He has last week. He's he has included himself in the issues more in the last week, Brady, than I I can't remember. Like, and I covered him since two thousand seventeen. So, I don't know, 15, 16, if he did, definitely he didn't need to in 17 and 18. (laughs) But, I mean, in 19, he didn't. He basically kind of put it on Jalen a little bit. And last year, he understood COVID. They didn't. So, this year, like, him including himself makes a lot of sense. And, Brady, it goes back to the point I brought up earlier. On the first play of the game, they ran counter. We know from watching and studying West Virginia that should just throw that shit out, like, early until like you maybe time it and you get them in the right alignment with the linebackers in the right place
2: and run it. And it could be a big play for you. But again, I, that's just them trying to put their dick on the table. Right. I just don't, it's stubborn, man. It's stubborn, but I, I can understand it from the perspective of let's War do, Oklahoma. Well, not just that, but let's do this and see if the we're Oklahoma actually works so we can know to scrap this all together or hey, we might be able to do this just because we've got better athletes. After a
1: nine-minute drive, though, that's my thing. Is like
2: if if Kansas State comes out and does like they get the ball first
1: and they get a six-minute drive, I don't give a what the game plan says, what your script is. Immediately throw all the crap out that wasn't going to work, and you had an idea it wasn't going to work. Just throw it out and start using the stuff that works because you can't start matching these six-minute drives with six-minute drives of your own. They're not good enough,
2: clean enough. To play these low possession games, which is what these teams want. I'm still dumbfounded. West Virginia just dominated OU in time of possession. Did what was the Nebraska time of possession?
1: It was bad too. Um I'm looking it up right now. Because I'm
2: sure Tulane might have gotten over <laughs> They just had more explosives than the well, other. Well, just two because did. OU's second quarter against Tulane was like boom, 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 boom. Pull
1: up the uh Tulane one for me, Matt. Mm-hmm. I'll get the Nebraska game. Yeah. But I uh I'm with you, man. Like, that's my thing. So, I'm, I'm just – I mean, you guys heard me being critical of Lincoln, like, at times. Like, I just didn't get – like, second and ten, like, why are you running the football there? <laughs> like, especially during the game after your offensive line is just getting wrecked. Um, So, anyways, that's my take on that. And Grinch has to adjust a lot quicker, Brady. I know we talked about this. Credit to him, he did. But 746 in the second quarter after they've ran it at you four times and successfully ran it at you four times – like, I feel like after, the, like, okay, first time, get it second time, get it third time, uh, you know, like, that's my biggest thing. So, anyways, I'm pretty good on the game. I, Brady, we, <laughs> they did, West Virginia did exactly what we expected it to, <laughs> and they, <laughs> and it succeeded. It just wasn't a haymaker. It was just uh, death by a thousand cuts on that first drive.
2: Yeah. And,. Uh- <laughs>
1: Is that not? That's probably was the worst thing of all the things that went wrong last weekend. Like in terms of projections or like thinking about games and like whatever. West Virginia doing exactly what they needed to do, which was what we expected them to do. Working out was wild to me. Like that's not the one I expected to to
2: be right. I just. I mean, it just seems to me that this team, and I guess this is a very lazy observation to make, but it just seems to me that this especially the defense, like the team is just set up for explode, hurry up. So like the death by a thousand paper cuts, I'm sure that's what OU would prefer. They'd prefer to not be chunk play after chunk play sure. to death. They would rather it be kind of a long sustained drive with that yields at, at the very most a field goal. If they're going to score at all, that's, I- that's ideal because then you just turn right around to the ball to Spencer Rattler and then one, two, three touchdown. Like that's the idea. And then the defense, in theory, is supposed to kind of thrive off that momentum, that energy, and then therefore be more aggressive, i.e. leading to you know a forced turnover here and there. Because it's really hard to grasp that momentum when you have been demoralized, not just by a long drive on defense, but by the fact that your offense goes three or four and out. Like, they get that turnover, and they hit that big like 13, 14-yard pass to Mario Williams for first down, and then they go three and out. It's like that... That does nothing. That, that All that did, at the the most optimistic take that you can make from that is, well, you flip the field a little bit. mm mm-hmm. yeah, In a game of field That's position, it d- does matter. That's SEC football. you need getting ready for but it. But at the same time, OU could be backed up on their own 10-yard line, and my, my, Michael Turk can just flip the field on his own. God,
1: that guy is good. He's good. Yeah. That's, yeah it's, now it's, you get why I was saying really that. It's really
2: fun to watch him punt because, like, on the end zone angle, when the ball hits his foot, you oh, can just tell yeah. that pop just from like it going straight up in the air. It's like, oh, he he got that some bitch. And
1: and two, like he does. This is again, I hate to. I'm not trying to. We went real inside inside baseball on on the post game pod. But on um, like when he drops it. So like when those NFL punters and say it's like on the 40 yard line and you're kicking into the end zone. Like don't get me wrong about Reeves or Austin Seibert, but like. He, like, drops it and, like, does something different with the football, which is what NFL guys do. And, well, I guess he was going to go to the NFL. I've brought that up, like, four times now. But he uh, – yeah, uh, real quick, I have the Nebraska time of possession. you actually had it more, 30 to 29
0: time of possession. So what just there. Same, same with Tulane. Tulane had uh, 32 – or 33 minutes – or you had 33 minutes. Tulane had uh, 23 and a half.
2: I, I know we can I don't expect you guys to find this quickly unless you're looking at weird box scores. But I wonder what the second half was at the Tulane game.
1: Mm. I'm looking at the Nebraska one. So their first drive was six minutes and 41 seconds. Shout out to Alan Kenny for bringing a lot of this up already. Um, good patron. He's crushing the uh, our pick'em. But ooh. 5:41 was the drive to start the second half. Allen wants a Marcus Dupree jersey. <laughs> he, uh, so we have 12. The first drive for Nebraska and the first drive out of the halftime for Nebraska, Brady, took over 12 minutes of game time. The first drives for West Virginia in and, and the first half and the first drive in the second half took 15 minutes of game time. And Tulane, do you, I know you're looking at the play-by-play. What does the drive say? The first
0: drive for Tulane first drive for Tulane in the second that was half, second half. Second half yeah, because yeah. the it first was half uh, was after the interception. 11 plays, 52 yards, four minutes and seven seconds. There's me. It's always me because ESPN <laughs> plays videos.
1: Uh, so there you go. I mean, teams, I'm going to credit t- Teddy here. And I, I said this before we came on, I thought this was their best podcast yet. We have been critical of them. And I just want to say that, like, they were really open. Like, let me just say from my end <laughs> of seeing the game, this was, they nailed it. They they talked about all the issues. Even Teddy like explained the curl, the slant, the slant flat thing um, while they're on it. And Brady, I want to say it, and I, I agree with Teddy. He laid it out perfect. That first opening drive is an audit. It is everything that you've done for three years. If the team can find a tendency or a weakness, they're gonna abuse it like they like no other until you change it. And then once you yeah. change it, and you've got to be able to adjust quick. You've got to know what that hole is. You got to adjust quick. So. You think Kansas State – I know we're not getting into that until Thursday, but, I mean, having all these flaws on, if, like on tape, the head playing, probably the – I don't know how you would rank them, Brady, but I don't think Chris Kleiman and, and Messingham, I think that's the coordinator up at Kansas State. Uh, Tom Manning's at Iowa State. Yeah, so Messingham and Kleiman, Brady. I don't – I wouldn't say they're the best offensive minds, not even close, like behind Lincoln in this league. But Kleiman's clearly the best at attacking and exposing your weaknesses. And that's what a championship coach does. So the fact that that's out there, the fact that they, again, a nine minute drive and a six minute drive this week, I'm sure Kansas State's looking to do the same thing. So it's, uh, they got to be able to adjust early. And that's not on the players. What's on the players is when they do adjust, like how the players perform then. For me, like, that's, that's when I'm like, okay. Like, why are you only exploding off the ball X amount of times? Like, why 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 is every snap different? You know, like, he's just not to that point yet. And then you look at
2: everybody else, I mean. He had one play. I I can't remember what the quarter was, but West Virginia was moving into the uh, south end zone. So, it was whatever quarter. So, either the second or the fourth quarter. Um, It was probably the fourth quarter because it was dark. He had one play where I can't remember if it was Green or their running back got hit in the backfield, and he evaded the tackles. Probably Isaiah Thomas. I, I know your what you're talking. I know what you're talking and about. one Winfrey talking is kind of like freed up by his man and kind of just accidentally finds himself in front of the ball carrier. So, albeit it wasn't the best position to be, like no man's land, but he just reaches, like he just bends forward and kind of reaches for the guy. And misses him. But what he does is he forces the running back to run around his big ass. And it causes him to just get a yard or two. That was just. <sighs> Here, there was a,
1: another play where he actually did everything right. Got to the running back. Grabbed him. Threw him. And then when he threw him and the guy didn't fall down. He just stood up there and then clapped his hands. And it was like. Oh, that's no, what I'm talking that's about. That's what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the same play. Yeah. And it's like.
2: Yeah, he just is like, oh,
1: darn it. Darn it, and the play's still going on.
2: It's like... Yeah, it's like that. that's this comedic kind of, oh, Benny Hill sequence that OU fans saw a lot like in the mid-2010s. Mm-hmm. And it's not all Perrion Winfrey, and that's why I kind of jokingly said earlier, like this is, let's just call this defensive line, the defensive line featuring Perrion Winfrey because he's only going to show up a handful of plays or he's really going to showcase like that that's what that player looks like here's him playing like that otherwise it's just benito roberson isaiah thomas either whiffing on a tackle you know but he, at least he's still making the still at least he's making the uh the play making it difficult i should say but i i would say probably with the defense in terms of like that first drive it would just the concerning thing for me would be is just how simple it was to find those tendencies and how simple it was to overcome them because it never failed like third, and medium third and long, they just go underneath and teams. I mean, this is just the modern, the modern day with football. If it's third and 10 and you know that the weakness is underneath in the middle, teams can have the idea of, we probably won't get the first down here, but if you're on the right side of the field, if you can get seven, eight, potentially nine yards, go go for, for it. it. Over they, especially
1: whenever Oklahoma has been running the same like fourth and one QB sneak defense for two years.
2: Yeah, so you've got to treat it like you've got to treat it like it's two down territory when it's third and third and ten. You know, I don't even consider third and ten long anymore. It's like if you've sacked them past ten yards, then cool, third and long. But I mean, I I can think of OU defenses in the past that were really weak in the middle, and they corrected. They got better. So I hope that that's the case. But the linebackers have just... We have not had one game where we thought, hey, that was a really good showing outside of Danny Stutzman. But that was Western Carolina. Mm -hmm. He's apparently going to be a game-time decision. But I don't know how much you can really... Be hopeful that if Danny Stutzman's able to play against Kansas State, that oh, that that will be a difference. If that's a difference, that's kind of an indictment on the current crew, is it not? <laughs> Especially when he's a freshman. Yeah, he's a freshman, and he's playing off of just pure energy and athleticism. He doesn't. I, I would assume he. If you asked Brian Odom and Alex French, does he have the the playbook inside and out, like like the back of his hand? They'd probably say no, because mm-hmm. he's 18 years old. I think the the biggest thing is that.
1: Guaybu started to click on Saturday. Uh, We'll highlight that in the defensive tape that comes out uh, after this podcast is done. And then Deshaun White played well. Witter, welcome, great play in the first quarter. Uh, Pat Delarin Turner yell thought had his best game. Brady. Outside of that, Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito, still doing great. (laughs) Isaiah Co, Corey Roberson, Jordan Kelly, welcome back, Jordan Kelly, made some plays. I just—they need to. The the, the coordinator is gonna, just going to have to adjust a lot quicker. So, I know we have uh, one little piece of this, Brady. But I'm just kind of want to. I know you have some thoughts. Maybe open the floor a little bit for you. You uh, you figured out what's going on with the offensive line? I know we haven't really isolated that conversation.
2: They're, man, they're bad. They're a, they're a very unique type of bad. Mm. You know because. People can, you can have a bad left tackle that just constantly gets beat and get your quarterback killed, and fans will say that's a bad offensive line. Well, really, it's just one bad player. Right. Unfortunately, at the most key position on the offensive line, when you have a right-handed quarterback, this offensive line, it, it's like a who's who. Of, like who screws up today? Who <laughs> screws up in this quarter? Who sh- who play who plays like they're what they're capable of, but it won't matter because the guy next to them is screwing up. And I just don't even see a level of aggression that's necessary for the position. I don't see OU setting the point of attack. I see them allowing guys coming to them. I don't know if that's a coaching decision. I don't know if that's a philosophy that this offensive line for some reason has because you certainly can't have it with Spencer Rattler as your quarterback because he already fades back in the pocket and if you're allowing your like the defensive lineman, the linebackers, the edge rushers to come to you before you hit them, mm-hmm. even in pass because I know pass blocking, like I understand that at least from a basic concept, you somewhat allow them to come to you, but you still set the you still set the line, like you are the offensive line, and when you go ahead and just say you can hit us a yard and a half back into the backfield with Spencer Rattler who's has trouble avoiding pressure. That's a recipe for disaster, and you've seen we've seen it already. West Virginia was really, really, it was really visible. Nebraska, it was like kind of like here and there in the second quarter. Yeah, fourth it wasn't. Quarter late. It wasn't.
1: Ter- it wasn't terrible until late. Really, really bad until that final
2: drive. Yeah, and how much of that was just play calling, conservative vanilla BS to milk the clock, and Nebraska taking advantage of that because we all knew it was going to happen. Oh, so I think they, they, they got.
1: It. I think they just got beat. I think those. <laughs> I, it looked bad.
2: So, I mean, I, Keegan, I guess the question would be, okay, Andrew Rehm finally got that start. Welcome with, to college football. With more reps, now that he has a game under his belt as the starter from start to finish, can we expect anything better with just just a sheer, by just sheer virtue of them having more reps together? <laughs> Poor guy has to go up against Akeem
1: Massador in his first start. Yeah. <laughs> He
2: went up against Damian Collins and Akeem Mesador
1: in his first. And he had, again, that's not an, this week has to be a week. He cleans it up because he's got another big test coming up with Coburn, uh, with Texas, who's exceeded expectations in college. He the ceiling we all Brady remembers. He, he took. He's a guy who visited Oklahoma. We've talked about him in his high school career before. Nobody was really. Everybody thought he had hit his ceiling.
2: So that'll be a good test for Rame. Has Kirk Bulls tweeted anything else about Casey Thompson's scoring ability? until he until it shows up
1: i'm not like it's so hard because like there's just so much context like there was throws last week that he missed that he has to make like you can't just rely on Bijan Robinson running through a bad Texas Tech defense or it's, it's really Johnson. simple
2: casey's just closer to whatever ceiling he has mm-hmm. than what hudson card is i understand 100% starting hudson card because you're playing for the future yeah yeah, he's, 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 he could be a guy. Casey Thompson can win Texas eight games. I, I would have I guessed that before the season. I didn't know Hudson Carver was going to get to start game one. But clearly, he wasn't ready. Casey Thompson plays against Arkansas. Maybe Texas fares better. I don't know if they win because clearly Arkansas is pretty damn good. I don't know about them getting that win on the road. but and, and then, of course, there is kind of that corny thing of, well, it's not like Arkansas woke up one day and was good from mm-hmm. start to finish. Perhaps they beat A and M based on the confidence they found by destroying Texas. So if they had lost to Texas, maybe they don't beat A and M. You know, it's it's like weird things like that, which they, is like it, amazing it, it, to me. It's a journey, man. Football seasons are a journey. They're not just simulate team A versus team B, and the one with most talent wins nine times out of ten. I wish that was the way because OU would have two or three more <laughs> national titles in their trophy room.
1: Well, the defensive talent was. Never mind. Uh, that opened a bad door. That, Anyways. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, to what you're talking about, I just want to wrap this up. Quarterback-wise, we finally, and I, it's from someone that broke down every single snap and did a pains of a growing quarterback video this offseason. This is the first time I feel confident. <laughs> this sounds very simple. He was able to understand a linebacker dropping from the line of scrimmage. <laughs> It sounds so simple and dumb, I promise you. But now that he recognizes it and he knows like that, you know, I I highlighted the Hazelwood play at the end where like the play beforehand on the same concept, the linebacker didn't get completely under Hazelwood and he saw it. So he took it the next time and the linebacker got underneath it. You know, like I don't have a problem with that because he saw it like he sees it. He understands it. It's just he he finally adjusted to those guys dropping last week didn't throw anything into those areas. And uh, as Brady knows, I bring up the Baylor game from last year. That was a nightmare. Dave Aranda's just dropping guys from, like, lining up seven on the line of scrimmage and dropping four of them, and Rattler has no idea where they're at. And he's trying to force throws in, and if he can't see it or doesn't trust it, he bailed out. It was awful. I mean, you want to talk about, like, that game I know from one person dropped him to a second-round grade. Like, that's how bad it was. So we saw it. He's got to keep taking strides. He took strides in the second half against Nebraska, took strides on Saturday. He's got to keep growing. To your point, now that he's proven it on tape, because in that film room, he could sit in there and say everything he said out to the public so far. Now, he has proven that he can do it, not just the game-winning drive. I'm talking about understanding coverages, knowing how guys rotate, all that fun stuff. He figured it out. He's got to keep growing. He needs a dude this week, and he needs he needs to have the teammates, and maybe the booing and chanting helps. You know what I'm saying? The teammates understand now that it's on us, so those boos and chants keep you know don't continue. Like it's on you, it's on me, it's on everybody. It's not single pointing anybody out because again, I think his teammates had could have said some things after the Nebraska game and been like, "Dude, they, we've ran this three times now." <laughs> Like, how can you not see on the third time that Mike Woods is going to be open on that concept, and everybody argued with at the time. It's still not – based off what Nebraska was doing and what he thought, it's still not an awful decision just to take the yards, Brady, on the Hazelwood pass. But no. It's just there could have been a bigger play there if he could have understood it, processed it, and did all of it beforehand. But he made his mind up before the snap. So, Saturday he did do that. Saturday he did the RPO game well. Saturday he did everything that I wanted to see from him and then his team took a step back. So it's now on him from my end of things. It is on him to galvanize everybody around him and been like, hey, I got it. I'm going to keep growing and moving forward. I need you all behind me, and we need to go do this together because if they can get to that point and that everybody's bought in on the same thing, NIL, I know people could bring that up, but everybody's bought in on the same thing and they trust that is going to do the things right like he did on Saturday, I think they could be a pretty good team. But I have no confidence that the offensive line is going to show up Saturday and, and flat-out dominate Kansas State like Oklahoma State said. Like, I don't have the confidence that these guys, whenever they're running, that Sting, Concept Brady, and Stogner is going to carry the vertical too much and take the corner into of the Mike Woods. Like, I don't have the confidence that these guys can go and every individual does their job on every single play. That's what when Lincoln talks about 11-man football, that's what he's talking about. But it's also on him to put the bin in the best position to be successful. It's on everybody. I, I said this, it was a, it's a crossroads. It was a stress test last weekend and they failed. That was a, me not saying the F bomb trying to be better and they failed and that's everybody. And they've got to figure that out. They got to own that. And they got on the road to Kansas state this week, a team and a fan base that wants to absolutely take their lunch. And you know what, Brady and the saddest part is that Oklahoma hasn't given them confidence. It hasn't,
2: put the fear in them that they're not going to be able to do that. Did you hear what Kleiman said today? I did. Uh oh about what? About how he's dumbfounded or something like that about yeah. OU's lack of explosive play this year, considering mm-hmm. their talent. hmm <laughs> So are we, man. So trust us. I, I again like I, I just I want to believe that OU or Spencer Rattler, because I mean he's the quarterback. This is Lincoln Riley's team and his offense, the quarterback is so important. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that if Jaden Hazelwood runs the wrong route again, that Spencer Rattler can still overcome that and make a play. Sure. And that, that
1: timing on that thing was so t- tight, though. Like that, It's going to be
2: hard. It, it. Yeah, but, I mean, because clearly he can't he, – he's not going to do anything with his legs. He's not going to do anything with his legs. He's not going to be able to pick up stuff unless he is forced out of the pocket and he just fortunately gets – a guy he can outrun. I mean, who was it on West of ever? I think Grant Benson said this best. There wasn't a guy on the field that Spencer Rattler could outrun on West Virginia's defense. That's sad. And that takes away so much. Yeah, I think he the the the, the defensive line guys I think he would have been fine on, but yeah, yeah, everybody in a straight line. But when you're getting chased in the pocket and you don't, and they have the angle on you, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have enough speed to get around many people.
1: No. And that play in the, I've highlighted that in the, at the end, right? The Wanye Morris gets beat, Dante Stills works around. Like, it's so hard, man. Like, I, like, I'm trying to sit here and like have my expectations from last year, right? Or I was like, bottom line, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. Like, no doubt about it. It's just hard. Because I didn't think the offensive line was this bad last year. <laughs> I'm not yelling like I did last year, Brady. I'm not having an Iowa State meltdown. But it's definitely – he's got to grow, though. Like, there's no no going back. This is Like I said last week, like he took a step from the second half against Nebraska that I think we needed to see him take. Now it's on everybody, and it's on him to galvanize that. Like you said – you know, I, I, I will say, I think the Stogner one, Brainy, is definitely one where at your point hits home more than anything because he had to trust Stogner that Stogner was going to continue to work across the field that was going to take that corner out. Like, that had to happen. But what didn't have to happen was him not throwing the open ball to Jaden Hazelwood on the sting right on the shallow and then looping over. So he could have just taken that, but – he had the confidence because he knew what the coverage they were running. He knew the route Stogner was running, and he just let it rip. I told you I wanted to see that <laughs> first before I said much, and he did. That one is the one for me. Like For you, you know, you're talking about like assuming that in triple coverage and this and that. He can't assume moving forward that on a play, on his first read, that his guy is going to do his job like 100%. Some of these timing routes I don't mind, but on that one specifically, like moving forward, he needs to one, see it play
2: out first, right? And or, be like Or do or that the defender is going to do what the play is designed for the defender to do. Mhm. Like I, I know like that play where he throws the interception, if Jaden Hazelwood runs straight Cleared, yeah, it just clears that guy out. The design of that is to have that safety that's staring Spencer Rattler in the eyes and reading them the entire time. The play is for him to follow Jaden Hazelwood and so that that throw to Drake Stoops would have been there it would have been on Drake Stoops to make the catch. Right. It was If, if no one was there, it was just up to Drake. It was a good throw mm-hmm. in that respect. But... How many times have we already seen this year where the defenders aren't doing what they are, what Lincoln is wanting them to do? That's a good point. And how much of that is just, hey, there's enough film out there that guys are just going to go sell out against your concepts. And that's a part of OU overcoming things when things aren't going well. Yeah. I was going to say real quick on that. I
1: do think it's important. I don't know if we've seen a team now moving forward. Maybe they will (laughs) defend it like that, and he can't just throw the out route, right? Because if you say like now moving forward, that's on tape. Now Spitzer needs to know that corner is clearing out because he needs to know before he makes that throw if they call that same concept or same play because if he doesn't and he does what you said because it's on tape that they know he's going to throw the out and he doesn't know... That's when he throws an interception, and the second time, and it's like, homie, like you can't assume that corner's like not gonna just carry with him. Like you have to see it and then make that decision. So I'm with you. That's what that was a good point. I, I think that he's got to understand that, and I think that's, pretty, I, probably think that's part of partly the reason why he threw the Mike Woods ball, because oh, yeah. he thought the linebacker was gonna fall under Hazelwood again, and like it wasn't gonna be there. So. Kind of had his mind made up, but he did see the safety bite on Stagner and mm-hmm. like God, it's just that would have been the set. Like that would have been one of the, I hate to put it like this, but like that would have been one of the sexiest balls that he's thrown, caught. Like yeah, that was thrown, caught. Like if it, fifty-two, it was what I say, it was over fifty-two air yards. Like that's, that's up. I mean, sixty is like NFL elite. Like in terms of ball like traveling in the air. So I mean
2: Lincoln Riley I feel like has adjusted well as a as a leader, as a head coach. Mm-hmm. He just needs to in my opinion, I think needs to adjust or adapt as a play designer. You know, play caller I, I kind of see as different. That's more in per, in time in, in real time. Whereas Lincoln Riley is just I think his specialty, like, where he's truly special is just play design. Mm -hmm. And I think, hey, everybody knows what you're trying to do now for the most part. Oh, he
1: hit up that uh, Sting concept. I haven't seen Drake's – I mean, I know you've watched as much as I have. Like, he motioned Stoops across and then put Hazelwood running the Sting, like, from the X. Like, the motioning and all of it, like, and where guys were lined up was all new. I think, like, which is – different <laughs> that's Good. a little bit but at the same time like you're right like they've got to window dress everything moving forward and i'll find i'll find it out i mean we well, infiltrated fort Knox so, yay so uh yay so i uh we'll find it out but nah man i'm, I'm with you in that regard like moving for now that that play has happened brainy he can't assume that not hazelwood running the right route you always need to trust your teammates they're doing their job but he can't assume that corner is just going to take Hazelwood because now it's on tape that he's going to throw that out route on that concept and a good corner that's keeping his eyes in the backfield, as you mentioned, is going to bite and he's going to do it. And if that happens, then guess what? Jane Hazelwood's going to be wide open. So he's got to be able to adjust and make those decisions in game, in game, like he did against West Virginia.
2: I hope so. God, that play
1: real quick. I'm going to, I know I've been talking a lot about Spencer, but, God, that play where he, on the woods, the dig across the field, where he had to pull the linebacker up and throw it behind him. I mean, good Lord. He's He's got to do it. He's got to do that every play. He's
2: good. He's good, and that's why he's held to a very high standard. Mm -hmm. No no doubt. Well, before we end this show, let us give our very lovely producer, Matt Burton, a chance to read from our patron answers on the Monday question of the week. And again, just as a reminder, we've had – Oh, about 20 or some odd patrons uh, pledged basically since Saturday, and it's Tuesday right now, so we're very thankful for that. Uh, thank you also very much, but every Monday we'll put out the post in addition to all of our other content, and our patrons have been very awesome with their answers, and you know, they've kind of hit on a lot of the same things that we've talked about, but I'll, I'll let Matt uh, kind of read some of his favorite ones uh, right now.
0: This week's question was what two boxes need to be checked outside of a victory in order for you to leave the Kansas State game feeling confident. First, we will go to Ryan DeBish. Says, pretty simple. One, complete a deep ball. Two, don't let K-State nickel and dime us down the field. Play aggressive and force Thompson slash whoever starts to make a play downfield. You're right, Ryan. It would uh, It would be nice to finally see a deep ball completed. Get Marvin Mims down there, Mario Williams, whoever, just whoever catches it. Just complete a deep ball, please. Next from Seth Black, I want to see more than six yards of carry and more than 30 touches for Gray and Brooks. If those two happen, then I know the O-line is doing its job, and that makes our passing game so much easier. If we still can't hit those kinds of numbers, then we are destined for two to three losses this year, and every game is going to suck. I agree getting Gray and Brooks more touches. Uh, they should be able to push around this K-State offensive line to be honest. Not push around. Let's uh, that that was maybe a bit of a stretch for me. But this uh, this D-line for K-State is not like the West Virginia D-line. Um so I will sunshine pump a little bit there. So I think yes Seth, I do think more yards per carry, please and more touches for the running backs because man, if they can't push if they can't push K-State around just a little bit at times, then, oh man, I am with you. Uh, two to three losses is a definite. From Travis Crosby, consistent O-line play from start to finish. Number two, secondary communication improvement. We need linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties to stop overreacting uh, to corrections only to vacate areas of the field. We cannot have multiple guys taking a flanking backer, zone it off, and fly to the football if the check down is there. From Matt Kimber, two things I want to see, zero turnovers on offense and sack Skylar Thompson a minimum of four times. I'm with you. They need to have a clean game on offense. They they need to have a clean game on offense. Spencer, Spencer obviously, Spencer is at the top of that list there that needs to have a clean game, no turnovers. And, uh, yeah, this D-line needs to get going. One sack against West Virginia. I know they were getting the ball out quick and uh, running a lot, getting the ball out quick on those slants. Uh, I think they only had one sack against West Virginia. But West Virginia knew that their tackles uh, were not ready to block Isaiah Thomas or Nick Benito, so they kind of game-planned for that. So, yes, I would say uh, more sacks, get off to an early lead, and no turnovers. Matt, completely agree. <laughs> from Mark H., we have, Hey, remember before the season when everyone was worried there would be too many SEC chants from the home crowd? Yeah, Mark, we uh, we kind of got that wrong. about What chants would be chanted? <laughs> that's great uh 100 yards team rushing Two five plus targets for the running backs running backs need to be heavily involved i i get it and the o-line should have better success than they did they don't have to get, go against stills or mesador this game uh, k-state not like the d-line from west virginia i'll just say that so yes running backs i'm expecting to have a big game and finally let's get to nick gelona well, I'll, I'll 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 do your one as two because I think it's funny. Uh, two, if Skylar Thompson has his best game of the season against OU, it better look like Martinez's game, not like what he's done the past two years. Completely agree. Yeah, just contain him. I mean, uh, just just contain him. Really, that's it. Uh, and you know, he's coming off an injury. Maybe that helps a little bit. Who knows? But I'm excited to see OU get out there. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, beat Skylar Thompson. (laughs) As funny as that sounds. And number two for Nick, if we don't see more two back sets, I am going to eat my fucking hat. And I love that hat. Nick, this is why, you know, pro tip here you don't wear your first favorite hat. You wear your second favorite hat on game days, okay? You don't ever wear your first favorite because, you know, just in case something happens, you get mad, you throw it off, it lands in, you know, whatever, some ketchup or something. I don't know what. Uh, get some beer stains on it, mud stains, whatever. You wear your second favorite hat. You don't ever wear your first favorite hat. And certainly don't eat it. Certainly don't eat the hat. These have been your answers to questions of the week.
2: Now back to you guys. Thank you, Mr. Burton. I mean, Keegan, the kind of the gist of these, you know, like we've kind of talked about it, it's just something to do with the offensive line and something to do with committing to the running game. And I don't know how much OU, even if Lincoln Riley kept saying at halftime, we are committing to the run game, I don't know how much of that would have mattered because two yards per carry gets we'll Commit it. to
1: the right run game, though.
2: Yeah, th- that's what I was wanting to get to. So, yeah, that, that's running into a brick wall is dumb. Running around the brick wall is a little bit smarter. God, now, now there shouldn't be that much of a pronounced brick wall against <laughs> Kansas State because no. just of the talent drop-off in res- with respect to West Virginia's defensive line. But there's no doubt going to be scheme. There's no doubt going to be an onus on Kansas State to just get OU into a position where, okay, we're going to take away the running game, and we're going to make Spencer Rattler either beat us with his arm or his legs because he's, he's not beating us with his legs. Mm-hmm. So that's the fear. So hopefully Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks are able to perform better because of the offensive line. And hopefully Kennedy Brooks just decides to pass block better because I don't know what the hell has been going on with his pass blocking this year, but that has been a random occurrence I did not expect. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That will get you benched. Like when people are like, where's Kennedy Brooks? I think I must have missed him like whiff on a pass block because you either fumble or you whiff on pass blocking. That will sit your ass on the bench. That one on the screen,
1: that turned into the fourth one. Yeah. That turned into... A turnover on downs like that can't happen.
2: And him getting the ball on fourth and one was punishment for that. (laughs) (laughs) Like Linc Riley knew this this (laughs) offensive line's not going to push. This is what you get. (laughs) You God. you pass block like that, I'm making you run into a brick wall and lose 2 or 3 yards.
1: Can't believe you opted out last year. I'm just going to hand it off and let you get killed you by the You can Mesidor. say so
2: long to Greg Pruitt's yards per carry <laughs> record. <laughs>
1: oh, that's far gone now. He's going to he was going to
2: have to tear it what, up. What's he what, what is it? Is it's like 6.6 aver- 6 or something. It's ridiculous. Or no, it's 8.6, I think. That's his career. What's he averaging this year? Why <laughs> I mean I mean until that's West a good point. Until West Virginia, like his yards per carry were fairly Normal, according to him, the problem is is he's just not getting as many carries, but that doesn't matter with yards per carry. No, um, he's well over the threshold. Like if he breaks it, then he's earned it. He's at seven point three. Yeah, like I like <laughs> I'm sure. Well, right. oh, that's for his career. He's at seven point three, so it's dropped. Oh.
1: yeah. Like into nineteen, and you know, the Baylor and LSU just completely took him in the counter game out. Um, we had one play on on like. You could tell Eric Gray, and I said this, and I think you agree with me. I appreciate him wanting to learn how to run the counter game, Brady. Yes. But he's so fast. Just keep it outside. It was right there. I mean, the the nickelback blitzing pushed the first blocker out. Like, there was no need to keep that run inside. But I appreciate him wanting to learn how to run counter. (laughs) But in that moment, i pointed it out. I, I, I mean, that's a TD. There was two guys on that side of the line. It would have been a 94-yard touchdown if he would have kept it outside.
2: So, Yeah, Kennedy Brooks is at 7.3 for his career. Greg Pruitt's at 7.4 for his. That's the record. Kennedy's number two. Okay, so I,
1: they were tied at 7. Po- I thought it was in the 8s or 8.6 I, or 6.6. I
2: don't know. Like I know how yards per attempts work, but I don't know I off the top of my head what he's going to have to do the rest of the year to – Overcome seven point four, or, or if it's even possible, buy his offensive line some food or something. Take him to the tea house. That's what worked for Kyler.
1: Did you like? Uh, you like my the everybody responding like? Did they need a plane malfunction this weekend on Friday? Eat a lot of fast food. Bring this team together. Is that what needs to happen?
2: Something. I mean, is that th- the most blown out of proportion storyline in the last like <laughs> six years? Everything that needed that needs to happen for a team to like wake themselves up has happened to this team. That's (laughs) the first, like they had a wake up call against Tulane. They played a a former rival in a game they thought that they had fairly easy and it was a dog fight and they, they showed that they could win a dog fight. Cool. And then they played a conference opponent and got booed in their own stadium by a few hundred people or chanted against. They didn't get booed. They booed after, was it? That next drive was bad. Yeah. Spencer was clearly pressing. Yeah. And they they booted at some point. It was just I think it was the next drive because they went three and out like right in their own end zone.
1: Oh, that was when after, he rolled out on his own and didn't need to and missed Woods. I think that would have been that he drive. He
2: threw it slightly across his body about 20 yards downfield and I remember thinking that's getting picked.
1: Oh, on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when Willis that was when uh Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah we're we're on the same page. We're on the same page. So like every like every Disadvantage. Everything that teams typically use to galvanize themselves and put their best foot forward, all of them have happened to this team. Hell, they they had to kick guys off in the off season that were going to be luxury pieces in this offense. So I mean, they're missing. All, a, they're missing a deep threat. That's all. for sure. Yeah, and Theo East injury that i mean theo weiss would have helped this receiving core this early in the year i I was talking about the ankle brace well the ankle brace of course but (laughs) (laughs) they've had a lot of disadvantages and all bets are off like i think i said it prior to the west virginia game i i went into that thinking okay i think that they'll score 42 points and beat them 42 20 21 or whatever and i was wrong clearly Mm -hmm. i gave the offense too much credit but I said that even if that happened, I'm still gonna f- probably feel the same about this team overall that I did prior to that performance that never happened. The telltale sign is Kansas State. They need for me, like, I don't think Kansas State, like from a
1: talent perspective, is, is great. They're gonna be well coached, disciplined, sound yeah. on Saturday, just like they always have been. But I think the biggest thing is is not just winning this week. You're gonna be playing in two environments. The next two weeks, Brady,
2: they're going to be playing, and they're going to be hated, 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 and they should be used to. They they went to Ames last year and lost, and then they went directly into the Cotton Bowl. Those
1: weren't yeah, but those was, those those crowds are they're going to be different this year. Like they're going to be different. The Cotton Bowl will definitely be different. Like Rattler is going to walk in that place and
2: be like, oh shit, he's going to have an oh shit moment. And pregame, Jalen hurts like pissed down his leg. Like after the first quarter, that was Kyler Murray. Karma though for the um, Iron Bowl torpedoed right? himself in the first half. Like at the end of the first half and the beginning of the third quarter, like greats have been dwarfed by that atmosphere.
1: He needs to thrive in it, thrive in the darkness. I guess at this point. Oh okay. I'm <laughs> kidding, Brady. Really to the
2: dark. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm any, kidding. Any final thoughts before we uh, put a bow on this one and get ready for the X's and O's at Vanessa House no, on Thursday?
1: Yeah, I would. I just I think the the
2: biggest thing is that. I, I said this in the video to
1: start out with yesterday, right, at the YouTube one. Just enjoy the rest of the year. Like, regardless, I know Oklahoma's going to bring, you know, you're, we're all focused on, on Oklahoma football, and, and that's what we do. But, I mean, there is there is some – it's some of it's bad, there, but there is some really good football across the board being played. Tons of teams that you don't expect to be in games or being in games right now. They're playing good football in those days. Just sit back and try to – then like I don't know, I don't know if things will be normal next year, Brady, or not. I don't know from a from a modeling like I don't know, but I'll say this: I don't think we'll see as crazy as what we're seeing right now. So just enjoy the enjoy this. Like this is this is college football at its purest right now. Every any given Saturday, any team like, and that's for anybody. Bama this week has Ole Miss. You know, I'm already
0: all over that game, but
1: I like. If Ole Miss shows up and wins, like, that shouldn't shock anybody. Like, that's a really good football team. Like, Arkansas plays Georgia this weekend. I think Arkansas is a 19-point underdog. What time that. is
2: that, the 2.30? I don't know.
1: I think uh, Ole Miss, Alabama. No, I don't know. I don't know what the 2.30 is. I'm
2: fairly is. certain Arkansas is not the S C game of the week because those decisions are made. Preseason. Preseason.
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Here, uh, let me pull the schedule real quick. But there's just there's just so much good football out there, and I just don't want people uh, – Arkansas, Georgia is 11 a.m., by the way.
2: Man, they're already in the SEC. They have nowhere to go. Out of frustration, <laughs> we're, but going, we're going to uh, Premier League. Is that what it's called, Matt?
0: Yes. Yeah, yes, it's the Premier League. They're going. They're the going to pre- start a Super League.
2: Oh, oh, they're going to start a Super League. Oh no, people are going to be mad, unless they're college football fans. Everybody, thank you so very much for listening to Through the Keyhole. As always, shout out to our patrons on our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/Through the Keyhole. You can follow us. As well on Facebook, at facebook.com slash Keyhole Pod for uh, extra content that we'll just push out on there. If you're on Facebook, that's more,
1: changed. Has that changed? Slash Keyhole Pod. Or, I, be-
2: or- I believe it's still Keyhole Pod on Facebook. Oh, on Facebook, I yes. I, I, I,
1: have, I miss, i miss, you're good.
2: Uh, But yeah, Twitter at Keegan Renault, at Brady does sports, at I am Matt Burton. We'll put out everything wherever wherever we can. Uh, But we do appreciate our patrons, hopefully to our non-patron listeners. uh, We also appreciate you all. If you have not, please do this. At the very least, please leave us a five-star review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps the podcast out immensely. Uh, We've gained about 10 or 11 over the last week or so. So thank you guys so very much for that. Truly appreciate that. I think we're at 140 right now. Uh, So we're coming for you, West of Everest and Soonerscoop.com. We are coming for you. Uh, I wouldn't tear like just you know we're coming for we're close <laughs> we are close we are literally close
1: <laughs> oh man if we hit that number I would that would I would I'd be so happy. my, my last question if OU loses
2: to Kansas State is Lincoln Riley's we're close his better than most to you, it will be. Yes, I, know it will. I know that. I know that a hundred percent. I'll get that tattooed on my fucking forehead. <laughs> Show up. That we're close. When, when, Joe's,
1: when, when Joe sees walking by the tailgate, and you've got a "We are close" tattoo on <laughs> your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sir. <laughs> what is? What do you? What do you do that for? Have you watched your coach's press conferences?
2: Because we're close, sir. I'll, I'll say it like a brainwashed cult member. We're close. My eye, I don't blink. But I'm just kidding, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you guys later on Thursday for the X's and O's pod for Kansas State live at Vanessa House. So if you are in the in the neighborhood, come on down to Vanessa House on Broadway and 8th. Come have some fun, have some good beers with us. Uh, patrons get that podcast first for the first 24 hours. Then it goes live on the tip on the regular RSS feed uh, for your listening pleasure. So if you want to get it first and early, give our Patreon page a... A chance, and I promise—I promise—the numbers suggest it. I promise we will—we'll uh, keep you entertained and informed. But for Keegan Renault, Matt Burton, Brady Trantham here, Boomer Sooner, everybody, and we will talk to you later.